Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stagey Place podcast with me, Elliot. And today, I am excited to share with you my interview with two creatives in the world of lighting and sound, with Jonathan Chan and Anna Short joining me to talk about one of their current productions in which they work alongside each other, with Sue Glover's The Straw Chair, which is currently playing at the Finbra Theatre in London until Saturday, the 14th of May. Just like one of our more recent episodes, it was great to record this episode on location, but that does mean that at times you may hear some background noise, so apologies on that one, but hopefully this will not distract you away from what is an insightful chat with Jonathan and Anna. I also just wanted to say before the start of this episode that since I last spoke with you, I was delighted and humbled to find out that this podcast has had reached a pretty unfathomable milestone with 5,000 listens across the past 43 episodes, which genuinely is incredible and I honestly cannot thank you, the listeners, enough for tuning in. Whether that's diving into just one episode or joining the ride with a multitude of instalments. So from the bottom of my heart, genuinely thank you so much for tuning in and listening to my rambles and my interviews with all these creators that I've managed to get on throughout the past two years. Okay, so let's get on with today's episode, instalment 44, with lighting designer Jonathan Chan and sound designer Anna Short. Enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome to Jonathan Chan and Anna Short, two of the creative team behind Sue Glover's The Straw Chair, directed by Polly Creed and at the Finbra Theatre until the 14th of May 2022. Welcome guys to the Stage of Place. Thank you very much for having us. Thanks so much guys for coming on. We are today recording before the press night. How are you guys both feeling? Excited. Yeah, I am rather excited just to see how it is going to come together. Yeah. You know, we've spent weeks working on this and, you know, it's about time to see what the people think. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And do you yeah. two just want to talk a little bit about your roles in the production? I know that we haven't actually mentioned it just yet. Yes. So I'm the sound designer. Yeah. And I am concerned with all things sound and how it sounds. So all the music and sound effects. We've got a uh, musical director called Rory Hawthorne, who's also in the play. So she's been doing some excellent fiddle recordings and, and sort of generally leading that direction. Yes. Pretty much, that's it. Yeah, and I'm the lighting designer for this show. And, uh, you know, working closely with Polly, Alex, the designer, Carla, and the rest of the creative team to help, you know, set the emotional temperature, the mood, and the atmosphere, and to see how big role lighting can help tell the story. Yeah, and I feel like with a script especially, obviously a script never really tells you what the lighting and sound should be like. So when you first got the script of The Straw Chair, what were your first thoughts about the show and about your ideas? And then how did those ideas then come to fruition into the actual production? Well, for lighting, I, I think certainly the landscape and the outer environment, how we manipulate, bring the audience through these different times of day by you know using light to help tell that story and you know I I found it very key that it was important for us to depict these different locations and times as it helped allow the audience in this instance to help you know see the progression in the story also get more of an understanding more importantly of the environment they're in you know St Kilda, Herta the location that they're in. Yeah, and for you, Anna, obviously the show is set on an island, so you've probably got an idea of what the sound design may be like. 
Has it been that straightforward when creating the sound? Yeah, I think so. And I think Polly was very helpful. She had a, a clear vision from the start that she wanted to really use, you know, seascapes and yeah. birds that were found on the island and animals to try and, same with the lighting, just give this impression because we're in a theatre at yeah. the end of the day, like, and, you know, we can't, there's only so much we can do to give that impression. But Rory was amazing at, you know, choosing the music and recording, like, amazing fiddle. And we've also got these psalms that, I written into the script, but Rory found some great recordings of them, um, which again, like, just set the scene and it's, it's, it's very good. So those are your roles as a part of the Straw Chair. What I want to do now is I just want to take a back seat away from the show itself and just talk about you two as individuals. Anna, I want to start with you. You graduated from Lambda in 2019 yeah. and then you started off as a stage manager before yeah. you then decided that sound was actually the pathway that you wanted to take. At which point in your stage management career was it that you actually realised that you wanted to do the sound stuff and actually extract yourself from stage management? So for like the small scale shows I was doing, sometimes they wouldn't have a the designated sound designer on them. So it would kind of be, I just sort of took it for myself to go and queue up and make all the noises and found that I was enjoying that quite a lot more. Yeah. And I was kind of getting a bit more out of that for me. But like now I do it full time and it's, yeah. it's like, it, it feels like the right choice for me because I do find it very rewarding kind of being a bit more in the process in rehearsals kind of creatively adding to the production. Stage management is a really tricky job anyway. It requires a lot of patience and great communication skills and there's, there's so much that goes into it and I think you just need to be a certain type of person and although I did really enjoy it at times I feel like now I've just I feel like I fit a bit better into it. Yeah and how much of a percentage of the sound that you record is recorded by yourself and you're actually going out and making these notes and tunes and ambience when you're talking about small scale you're saying that there isn't really a sound designer people most likely just go on youtube and find an ambience of like mm. a pub for example how do you look at like a pub scene what do you put into the tracks on qlab to make it sound as authentic as possible so it's it's kind of so it's like with everything in theater it's so dependent on time and money and equipment that you've yeah. got so it would be amazing to be able to go out for every show and every soundscape and, and go to, you know, for this show we could have gone to St Kilda and got real genuine seascapes. Yeah. Like that would obviously be amazing, but it's just not practical and it's just not gonna happen. So it's kind of like you can, depending on what it is for a pub, you might find lots of individual effects, like people talking, mm. glasses clattering, music in the background, and then you might build that all on QLab and try and create it on your own. Or yeah, you might go to a pub and just sit there with a little portable recorder. Yeah. But it's, it's sort of dependent. I mean, it is great when I can go and do that. And I've done woodland stuff that you can go out and when there's thunderstorms, I'll often whip out the, yeah. the old recorder <laughs> and just sit there and get, get those sound effects because yeah. that makes it way more exciting. And, and when you're in the theatre, actually putting those effects in, mm. it feels completely just yours to own and really elevates the creative process. Yeah, and for you, Jonathan, let's move on to you as a lighting designer. You are still actually at drama school at Guildhall School of Acting doing the technical course and you're doing lighting designing for all these shows around London. How do you find the balance between going to Guildhall and then working professionally on the side? Well, to be honest, I, I see each task I do as a little project, whether it's Guildhall or whether it's outside, and sort of see it as the same, to be honest. And it's more of managing time. Sometimes you have to give your weekends off and not have a life and draw a plan at home or 
school and make the use of the resources they have. And I mean, to be honest, I, balancing, it's, you know, it's quite tough to be honest, uh, because you've got all these different shows happening. And then Guildhall, you've obviously got, you've got, you obviously got to do a hand in, you've got to, you know, write a journal and do all the shenanigans, you know, get your academic mark, you know, to get that piece of paper you get in November. Um, but to be honest, I mean, it's, it's actually quite fun, to be honest, because, you, you know, you're outside working, finding all the jobs that you can to fill time and meet people like yourself and Anna and Polly and everyone on this show. It, it is quite fun. I don't see it as a stressful thing, but I see it as a very exciting thing. I'm very excited. I like to keep busy, so I'm very excited by creating work. And so the more work I could create, the happier... I am. That's the life. It's great though, because I was saying I didn't utilise my last year of drama school at all. No. I felt like I had a lot of time that I was kind of doing independent work on my actual dissertation rather mm. than going out and just trying to get jobs or yeah. get experience. I don't feel like I utilise that time yeah. as much. I feel like that's something that everyone should do if they've got the time in the third year. But yeah. also, I think what's very important is, I'm kind of very guilty of this, is have a life and, you know, have some work-life balance. Yeah. Because I think, you know, enjoy uni, enjoy going out clubbing, enjoy going out and having a great time, but also have a life yeah. <laughs> do you think because obviously we've been working over the Easter holidays for this show and we've been working over the weekend you've been in quite a lot so are you saying that you're guilty of not having that balance and you, you being a workaholic or are you saying that you're guilty of having too much work-life balance I wouldn't say I'm a workaholic although <laughs> you have been in a lot although though. I have been in a lot we are. Um, I mean, we are on press night tonight, and hopefully, you know, you will be able to step away from the press exactly. But, but you have been in for hours on end before everybody I mean, else comes in. But, <laughs> you know, I just, I just really like being in the theatre space. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just, I just really do like being in the theatre space. So sometimes, I, I, sometimes I come in earlier, just in the theatre. You know, drawing a plan for the next show at Guildhall. There's one thing drawing it in the student office mm. or drawing it at home, but yeah. just being sat in the theatre, I just feel right at home, to be honest. Yeah. What's quite exciting about having this episode is that we've got a lighting designer and a sound designer who can sometimes work incredibly closely together on a production. For you, Anna and Jonathan, what's it been like working with each other on this show? Terrible. Yeah, um, Anna is a massive pain in the arse. Yeah. The worst just, you person know, I've ever worked with. Just, you know, very, very difficult to work with. Yeah. No, but really, it's been, it's been lovely. And I love working with young designers as well. Yeah. Just because I feel like we're all kind of in the same boat yeah. and we're all developing our own styles at the same time and it just feels really like natural the journey to get to where we are. Yeah. And I feel like we've created a very sophisticated show for our age, I feel like Absolutely. Polly, Polly's really young as well. Like because a lot of the team are quite young in this project. So I've enjoyed working with you. I, I wonder what you're saying. She did look at me and not you then. <laughs> I know she did. Yeah. I, I saw that. I did see that. But well, to be honest, I mean, the collaboration's been fantastic because you know, in the heat of the moment in tech, you know, you'd think, oh god, um, what do I do? And I look at Hannah and go, what are you going to do? She would play something, and I'd go, ah, yes, yeah, let's do something similar that would help, you know, mm. bring that alive. Yeah. And you know, just that collaboration, just that, you know, I see a bit of set element that Alex has drawn, you know. In Act Two, when you know you see the curtain coming out more, oh, I see. It comes. It comes very exciting when someone brings an offer to the table. Yeah. And you know, Anna's brought a lot of offers to the table, which have really you know inspired me throughout the process, which has been very fun because you yeah. know. 
theatre is a collaborative art, and yeah. this is the reason why we love it because you know we get to work with people like Anna, people like you know Alex, Carla, you know Polly, you know different departments. You know, it just you know the more diverse, the more stuff you are you're working with, more disciplines you're working with, you know, helps inform you as a practitioner. I yeah. think, and it really pushes you. Yeah. to create the best possible product. You need to have good relationships with the other designers because the further it gets down in the process, so after previews, for instance, I feel we both thought there was one transition what we thought could have been a bit different. Yeah. And so we were communicating, had a good relationship to be like, oh, well, maybe the lighting needs to go slower or maybe the sound needs to come in quicker. Yeah. And you need to be able to do that sensitively and not, not kind of do it in a way that you're going to offend the other person. So I think it's really important that we... Kind of establish that. Well, also in you know theatres can be very stressful. When you have a great relationship, work well, you know with your fellow creatives, it easily is you know it's a lot easier to tackle a very difficult situation. Mm. I know who you are. I know Polly is. You know I know we all know each other personally yeah. throughout this process. So we're able to then help attack it in a way that is helpful mm. to others and yeah. other fellow creatives. Which I think is very important. Yeah. Yeah. That you know, sometimes you just need to go f- out for a drink afterwards. Yeah. Sometimes you need to have a laugh because yeah. that is just as important as you know, finding out what each person has to offer and yeah. you know, putting it all together. Because yeah. by the end of the day, you know, as much as we create all this lovely art, you know, the people skills is yeah. equally as important. Yes. Because yes. if, you, yeah, if you can't get along with someone, you know, you won't create a good product. Yeah. That's where the only the only issues in theatre come from relationships. Exactly. Yeah. Like you could have your set falling down, but as long as there's a good team who are positive and and great communicators, yeah. it, it, it's not a problem. Well, I mean, it is a problem, but it's not yeah. like it could be ten times. Yeah, worse. exactly. Because you won't know who to turn to, but because you've yeah. built this relationship with everybody in the cast and the creative team, it's easier to communicate with people and say, you know, we we need to work to make this better. It's very yeah. seamless as well, yeah. you know, and um, we're all unafraid to say, hey, I think we could do with some more of this, and yeah. you know, you could do some more of that. You know, it's mm. all helping to create this product. Yeah. yeah, and you know, having that relationship with others, well, it has made a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so why do you two think that audiences should come and watch The Straw Chat? Audience should definitely come and see it because it, it is a very good show, you know, very well written, very coherent. The team have created something that is very strong. Um, you know, Sue Glover is a very talented playwright and her writing is very insightful and, you know, you can see, you can feel the progression. I think it's a very intricate play and it got great character development and great story about female empowerment Mm. and yeah great performances and it's it's a great little theatre as well and it's not a bad seat in the house great well thank you Anna and Jonathan for coming on to talk about the straw chair what I want to do now is I want to ask you a little bit of advice you might have for people who are going into drama schools or maybe who are in drama school and get this opportunity like you have Jonathan to then work outside of your training what advice would you have for people wanting to step foot into the technical side of theatre what I loved doing was I hated school. So so this actually went back to when I was doing my A-levels. So I was doing my A-levels, you know, and um, I loved being in the city. So what I did was I watched as many shows as I can and I wrote to all these people and said, can, can I just hang out with you in tech? Because, you know, I, I want to be in the theatre. I don't want to be in school, do yeah. my A-levels. Shh. But, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah, just write to people. And if you like someone's work, write to them, DM them. You know, obviously don't, you know, obviously be diplomatic about it. But, you know, Write to people. If you love a lighting designer, love a sound designer, you know, ask them very specific questions. 
people love talking about their own work. Yeah. And they will really appreciate it. And, you know, God knows what it might lead to. You know, yeah. it could be, you could very well be that person's assistant or associate on their big West End show. Yeah. Going, you know, in a couple of years' time. Mm. Anna, what about you? I would say, do not be afraid. I feel like there's huge pressure in theatre to just be excellent. You know, you're coming straight out of drama school or you're going into drama school where that, that pressure's also there mm. just to be good. And I feel like you've got a whole lifetime to develop yourself. You don't need to... No, I just felt like there was just too much pressure and it, it really like makes you less confident and you're, you're constantly battling with imposter syndrome anyway. I think most people in theatre deal with that yeah. regularly. And I just think, like, don't be afraid to, like Jonathan said, ask questions and be yourself and, and you'll get there eventually yeah you know every production is different and for some productions people might think of you one way and then the next production people would look at you a different way and that's kind of that's the horrible thing about it but it's also that's the way that it is and that's the way that you'll you'll grow I think I mean yeah. I'm, I'm still very early in career mm. you know I've only been out of drama school for a couple of years three years mm. and th I just think there's so much time yeah. There's so much time, and it's just don't get stressed out about it. And let's just, I just, I'm just sort of taking my time with it all. Yeah. And I must say, listen, I, I struggle with this a bit. I must, must be honest, but you know, just take your time, because you know, sometimes you know, you get excited by all these different gigs that you see, you have, and sometimes you're lucky to have, and then you excited about all these different shows you see. But mm. take your time to process it. Yeah. And just, just slow down and. Be on, be bold, and you know you've got nothing to lose. Yeah. yeah. You have absolutely nothing to lose. I I think my placements when I was at drama school were quite big theatres. Yeah. Big companies, well known, and I think I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. And I jumped in the deep end, and it didn't pay off very well. And so if you don't feel ready for that, just start small. Yeah. Start small. There's so many great opportunities. Yeah. Fringe level. R&D level, you know, anything in that capacity is incredibly helpful. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it was like for you guys, but when I was at drama school, it felt like they were trying to mould you to be somebody who needed to work straight into, like, the bigger, like, regional yeah. places. Yes, yeah. exactly, yes. Because I didn't study in London, I studied in Bristol. It felt like, yeah, they wanted you to be in the bigger regional touring theatres yeah. rather than, you know, working your way from fringe and like you say, R&Ds as well, which can be sometimes a lot more exciting because they're yeah. smaller teams, yeah. they're exactly. younger it's teams. very exciting. You have more fun, yeah. yeah. And social wise, it you know, it's a lot more collaborative. But yeah, like you say there, your placements being quite big companies mm. and just feeling like actually that's not the person who you want to yeah. grow to be. And you'll get there eventually, if, yeah. <clears throat> if that's where you want to get to, you'll get there. Yeah. But you don't need to, and I do agree, I do think drama schools and generally this pressure of, if you're not West End, you're not good. Yeah. Like, yeah. you haven't made yeah. it until, you know, <laughs> yeah. you've got this credit or, you know. I mean, it doesn't help in this environment when you've got stuff like Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and people can be easily, you, people can easily compare themselves to others and, you know, everyone's mm. very, every, every person is different and... Yes, it's great people are getting opportunities, but, you know, you know, shouldn't compare yourself and just, as, as yeah. honestly, as what Anna said, you know, as long as you love it, yeah. as yeah. long as you have the drive and passion, you will get there. I mean, but, you know, yeah. follow your nose and I think, see I what think happens. Find, find what success means to you. Yeah, 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 oh God, yeah. Well, thanks, guys, so much for that piece of advice. We're near the end of our episode today of The Thank Stage God. of Place. That is a bit... Oh, 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 oh,
Time really flies when you're having too much fun. I do have one final question. Oh dear, um, no. Yeah, so please settle down, settle back down. Because my final question is the stagey place. And oh. it's, this is whereabouts your stagey place is. So this could be a theatre in itself. It could be a rehearsal room. It could be a dressing room. It could probably be your bedroom where you create your work. And it could be a space where you've had the best day of recording, you know, natural sounds. Jonathan, to you, it can be, you know, like you say, just being in the theatre and making those plans. But for you guys, where are your individual stagey places? So I, I spent most of my childhood in Hong Kong, a bit of my childhood in Hong Kong. And I remember in 2010, 2009, 2000, basically, I saw The Sound of Music at the Palladium once with my, of my family. And I, I, I saw Rob Jones' beautiful set. And I just went, oh, my God. Like, what the actual yeah it's insane like this is just truly mesmerizing a 10 year old just sat in the stalls and you see this beautiful piece of theater and obviously my grandparents really love the sound of music so i used to watch so i know that movie quite well it's fair to say and just seeing that it, yeah it was just truly sublime speechless yeah. So that's, <laughs> it's kind of where it all kind of started, the passion. Yeah, and is the Palladium one of the places that you'd love to work at in the future? Oh, God, yes. Yeah? Touch wood. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Anna, for you, where's your stage place? This is a bit random, but I would actually say NDT Broadgate, the rehearsal spaces yeah. um, near Liverpool Street, would be my stagey place. I was just going to say how amazing the spaces were and the concepts and just the idea behind it yeah. and I've just rehearsed so many amazing shows there in the last year yeah. and recorded things there and had a lovely time so I'm a big fan of that place it um, is an amazing space and you know we must say that obviously look at the doors it's opened for so many people it's, yeah it's just there's shows that just wouldn't rehearse to that standard without those free spaces that they gave them yeah but also think when you in terms of creating work you know we also underestimate where you where you're creating it yeah. And it's places like the new diorama where, you know, it literally is this, you know, factory of theatre makers and, you know, this whole world yeah. of theatre makers mm. all bunched up. Yeah, and it's got great Wi-Fi. Yeah. It's yeah. like one of the only spaces I've been in that's got good Wi-Fi. Perfect. Well, thank you, Anna and Jonathan, so much for coming on to this stagey place to talk about your directions into the industry, to talk about you, Jonathan, still being a student and you, Anna, figuring out your way as a sound designer and how you create these designs for these productions. For talking a little bit about the Straw Chair, which is here at the Fimbra Theatre until the 14th of May, as well as your advice for younger creatives, plus where your stage and places are. Jonathan and Anna, thank you so much for coming on. Thank, thank you very much. much. Thank you very much. And there we go. That was my interview with Jonathan Chan and Anna Short, two of the creative team on The Straw Chair, which is currently playing at the Finborough Theatre until the 14th of May 2022. I'd love to thank Jonathan and Anna for taking time out last week to talk with myself and hope that you enjoyed listening to their conversations, hopefully inspiring some of you to try out the technical side of the industry. If you'd like to find out more about Sue Glover's The Straw Chair, particularly in this production, you can follow them on Twitter and Instagram at The Straw Chair Play. You can also follow this podcast on Instagram and Twitter with the handle at The Stagey Place. We're very near to a thousand followers on Instagram, so I'd love to get us over that milestone. 
but also you can follow us on Twitter where I post more about all the theatre visits that I've gone to see. So until next time, I hope you are keeping safe and staying stagey. Goodbye.